What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Milari. So today's a big day in the NFL. I already broke down some of the plays that were released. I talked about the franchise tag and previewed what the Giants are going to do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Right up until the buzzer here today at 4 p.m. was the deadline for the franchise tag. The Giants got a deal done within the last five minutes of the deadline to get Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones under contract with the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley landing on the franchise tag after Daniel Jones received a four-year, $160 million deal from the New York Giants. I have Paul from Southie here to give me his thoughts on the deal for both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and to talk about the Giants. How are we doing, Paul? Good, Joe. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure having the sports encyclopedia on, the sports wizard, as they say. Uh, thank you for coming on, Paul. Always a pleasure. We're very excited in Giants Nation tonight. As uh, you broke the news, Daniel Jones is under contract for four years. You know I've been on board since day one with him. They finally got him, you know, an offense that um, has some weapons, gave him some time, has a great running back, and look what they did. They broke a, what, a five- or six-year skid of... Um, no playoffs. 2016 was the last run the Giants had. They didn't even win a playoff game since the 2011 Super Bowl run where they won in... It was a 2012 Super Bowl, but 2011 season was the last time the Giants won a playoff game before winning one this season. It was a major turnaround in one year with the new regime, which uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball. So um, based on what I, I know Daniel Jones can do, he cut down on his turnovers. I don't think anybody, even Jalen Hurts, can run like him. Justin Fields can, you know, he's got the wheels too, but it seems like they call a lot of plays for Daniel Jones on third downs, on any kind of bootlegs. Um, he, he gets those yards. He, he's, he's, he's a very valuable runner. Um, I think he can make any throw he needs to. He, can, he has the deep ball. He has the touch pass. And now he has weapons. I think it's just a huge upside for the Giants offense going forward. Like you said, Daniel Jones does you know, throw the deep ball very well. He's actually number one in the NFL in passer rating on deep passes in the 2020 season. Hopefully the Giants get him a wide receiver in the offseason to help him get back to those ways. This past season, though, in 2022, he did use his legs a lot better. That's what... Brian Dable came over to do. Brian Dable was obviously the offensive coordinator with the Bills for four years and Josh Allen. He knew how to help Josh Allen work on his accuracy on forcing less turnovers. Brings Daniel Jones a new insight on how to play more conservative, not fumble the ball, not throw interceptions, and use his running, his running ability to his advantage. And that's what Daniel Jones did this past year. You work to your advantages, right? And that's what Brian Dable did for Daniel Jones this past year. Help Daniel Jones go through his progressions better. That's what Daniel Jones did very well this year. Stay Comfortable, comfortable in the pocket. Daniel Jones was getting drilled some games this year, and he stayed comfortable in the pocket, even in the biggest moments. Even in the biggest moments, Daniel Jones was calm, cool, and collected. That's what you want in a starter quarterback. That's what you want a franchise quarterback. And Daniel Jones' deal today proves he's the franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. Four years, $160 million, $35 million that is possible in incentives. $82 million over the first two years. He's getting $94 million guaranteed at the signing. And his first year cap number is around $19 million. That was broken down by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Then Paul Schwartz of the New York Post said that Daniel Jones's 2023 salary cap hit should be around $18.5 million. Meaning that Daniel Jones is leaving the Giants with a little bit more money to work for 2023 and figure out what they want to do this offseason. Daniel Jones could have gotten the franchise tag, which would have been $32.4 million. $32.4 million as a franchise tag cannot be restructured anyway. It's guaranteed for this year's cap hit. And that's what Saquon Barkley ends up getting, a $10.1 million cap hit. That's guaranteed you cannot restructure that. 
Daniel Jones saved the Giants money by saying, okay, I'll take a long-term deal. Daniel Jones, don't get me wrong, he did get his payday at the end of the day. So I'm not saying it's not like he didn't get himself good in a good position. He did get his payday, but he also said, I'll take a little less money this year or we'll backload some of it, even frontload some of it as well. As I said, I mean, he's making $82 million in the first two years, but in the first year, his salary cap hit is only $18.5 million. That's to help the Giants have a little bit of flexibility to work with. So $18.5 million in a salary cap hit, and then you add in Saquon Barkley's about $10.1 million. That's 19, just about $20 million there in salaries between Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Not too sure of everything else of the contract situation. I'm sure it's probably good. It'll probably be updated over the next day of whether or not his cap hits higher or lower than that 18 and a half. I'm sure it's probably around there, but we'll see. I mean, as I said, I'm not really too sure of all the answers there, but 18 and a half million as a year one salary is pretty good for the Giants to help build around. I think the main thing they were trying to do was find a way to front load some of his contract so that if he were not to work out two years from now, it's a little bit easy to get out. You see some quarterbacks where a lot of the deal is backloaded, like Carson Wentz, like Matt Ryan. It becomes harder to move those guys because they're backloaded deals. Ryan Tannehill last year, backloaded money. It's harder to move guys that have backloaded money. I think it's very team-friendly in both cases with, with DJ in with Saquon. I mean, it, it's going to leave them some cap money. They, I think they have nine draft picks in this coming nine draft. Nine drafts, yep. Nine, nine, so nine they picks. could probably use that, you know, go go deep in rounds and find a couple of diamonds in the rough. Um, maybe sign, you know, a free agent. Uh, I, I think DJ could use a big-time wide receiver. Now that Kennedy, uh, Kenny Kennedy Galladay is gone, he obviously didn't fulfill um, his contract. Um, I, I think the Giants will be looking, you know, for a game-breaker. I mean, with Daniel Jones accomplished, I know people... Still like to point fingers at him. Um, but, you know, we, we watched every game. I mean, his receivers, who we really enjoyed watching, I mean, they're not household names. I mean, between James and uh, Hodgins. Slayton. Richie Slayton, James, Richie Isaiah James. Hodgins, and, and Darius Slayton. Bellinger was out with the eye injury for Dana a while. Bellinger, tight end, yeah. I mean, he's going to be a stud, I think. I think one of the, one of the be- better tight ends in the league praised him was it kelsey or somebody said that uh travis kelsey liked him talked about him in his podcast the new heights them, show right? with uh jason kelsey's brother and then also greg olson former nfl tight end pointed out that's right Daniel was walking greg ability. yeah i think the giants um i thought dj was fine in the pocket i mean how many turnovers did he have this year he had three like, fumbles and then five interceptions so eight turnovers it i was. mean how many quarterbacks had less turnovers than him not many couldn't have been many and i i think he was he showed a lot of poise in the pocket i i I disagree with people that say he doesn't go through his progressions well. I mean, uh, I didn't see him forcing the ball. And, and if he did force the ball, I mean, the pressure was on him. I mean, Philadelphia almost broke the sack record this year. And a couple of those times they played him, I mean, he had no time. I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they look for another offensive lineman to kind of uh, sew up that line a little bit stronger for him. Definitely. I think Daniel Jones, he did so well with limiting turnovers, even with the pass rush that he was facing every single game. The Giants' offensive line still wasn't great this season. And one stat comes from Next Gen Stats. Daniel Jones displayed improvement under duress in 2022, completing 4.3% of his passes above the expected percentage when pressured. Wow. So plus 4.3% of his passes overexpected when pressured were completed. That's third best in the NFL. So plus 4.3 under duress over his expectation of percentage of passes completed. And Jones has been pressured in 37.5% of his dropbacks since entering the league as a rookie in 2019. The only quarterback over 35% is Daniel Jones wow. on pressure dropbacks over 35%. Daniel Jones, 37.5%. He comes in at 
Daniel Jones also best in the NFL in interception percentage this year, turning the ball over on an interception just 1.1% of his passes, which is best in the NFL, number one. Number one. Coming in with 15 passing touchdowns, five picks, a 92.5% passer rating, which if you look at some guys he was better than, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Kyla Murray, Russell Wilson. I mean, some big names. Obviously, Russell Wilson didn't have a great year, neither did Kyle Murray, but there's always some big names there. He had a better passer rating then. I'm kind of surprised that, that the league and the fans especially aren't, aren't giving him the credit he's, he's due and he's earned. I mean, he had a tremendous year. We saw him improve. I mean, we saw a, a very good great rookie year. Um, he seems to be getting so much better, cutting down the turnovers. Uh, obviously, I've already stated how, how well a runner he is. I mean, he, he gets a weapon or two more and maybe another offensive lineman. I see the Giants right back in the playoffs again. I agree with you there. He was sixth best in the NFL, tied for fifth, that is, actually, in uh, completion percentage among quarterbacks this year in the NFL, tied for fifth with Jimmy Garoppolo. So pretty impressive. He improved upon his completion percentage. Obviously, he was better in the pocket going through progressions. He still got hit a ton this past year. It's one thing the Giants have to work on is finding protection for him in this draft, probably interior offensive lines, what they're going to go for since... You have Evan Neal at the left tackle bookend there, and then, uh, or Andrew Thomas at the left tackle, excuse me. You have Evan Neal at the right tackle. That should be a bookend tackles for the foreseeable future, but Evan Neal obviously didn't show great promise towards the end of last season. But he's a, he was a rookie. Was a, I, still think, I still think there's obviously ways for him to obviously improve upon, maybe not opening up as wide and as a rookie tackle. That's tough to do. Evan, Tom, I mean, Evan Neal, who I'm talking about, he struggled with it, but also Andrew Thomas as well. Andrew Thomas is a rookie coming out of Georgia. He struggled opening up too wide. So we'll see what happens there for Daniel Jones and how his protection improves over the next year. But probably go with two interior offensive linemen in the draft, whether it's a center and a guard, and then also maybe free agency. And then add some wide receivers around him. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. He's potentially going to have the Giants in the, in, during the season this past year, but he wasn't ready to play, and the Giants end up saying, we'll wait till the offseason to renegotiate again. It seems like he could be a potential opportunity to, you know, potential option for the Giants to join the Giants. Another opportunity for Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to get more help around them. They were to get Odell Beckham Jr. So we'll see what happens there with DJ. I know you, you're the biggest DJ fan I know, and you're actually the one that got me to be as big a fan that I, the, as big a fan I am today. It's because of you being a huge Daniel Jones fan. So I know me and you are both happy for him, and obviously he bet on himself, and it worked out for him. If you look at what he had to go through over the past three or four years and the criticism he had to go through under Joe Judge and and Jason Garrett was offensive coordinator and Freddie Kitchens was offensive coordinator and Pat Sherman was, was his head coach, I mean, it was just all over the place what Daniel Jones had to deal with, and he went through it, and he prevailed. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. They both prevailed mm-hmm. under pressure, and DJ actually becomes the first quarterback of all time to have their fifth-year option declined and re-signed with that team. That's an incredible, uh, co- you know, it's not a coincidence. I mean, the Giants knew that DJ could be their quarterback to lead them to a championship, and uh, I'm, I'm also, I, I, I want to mention Saquon Barkley coming back. Um, I, I think that's a good deal. I'm glad he's back. He's explosive. He, he could have been comeback player of the year. Um, every he's time close he to it. The ball. I mean, he's Geno Smith won it, but he was close. He, he could take it to the house. I mean, he's incredible quickness, incredible strength. Um, he's even caught a few passes. I think his blocking improved a little too. He did, but yeah. He's an amazing weapon coming out of the backfield. If you give him any crack of daylight, man, he can take it to the house on any given carry. Absolutely. And that's one thing that Saquon Barkley and the Giants are happy that they could actually bring him back on a one-year $10.1 million deal. Obviously, it's a franchise tag. Maybe they'll negotiate up to July 15th to figure out a long-term deal. But the Giants, going into today, their main priority was giving Daniel Jones a long-term contract, so they had some flexibility to create some cap space, and they can maneuver 
whatever way they're going left or right to figure out a way to free up cap space for this offseason since it's a big offseason for the Giants. Winning a playoff game last year, now you want to improve and keep building and obviously keep getting better. And Daniel Jones getting that long-term contract gives them some flexibility for the, for the foreseeable future. And same with Saquon Barker. The Giants obviously want to go into today signing Daniel Jones for a long-term deal and then franchise take Saquon Barker. And it worked out for them. And it worked out for them. Two huge pieces of their offense, you know, going forward into next year. I know we already know we're in a tough division with the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. And everybody picks Dallas every year to have their breakout season. So the Giants will have their work cut out for them. Um, but you have to love today with the signings. And credit to Bobby Skinner of uh, Talking Giants, a podcast with John Boy Media. He was the one that pointed out that Daniel Jones becomes the first quarterback ever to have their fifth-year option declined last year and then re-signed with that team. He becomes the first ever, and he also pointed out, this is Bobby Skinner, that the new regime planned to let him walk and took a team that was destined for five wins, maybe six, everyone's projecting. Daniel Jones took that team, elevated all of those around him, obviously with better coaching as well, it's a big part of it, to get a playoff win and then also got himself some money. The Giants, Joe Shane, the new front office, they came in with the expectation that Daniel Jones probably wasn't going to be back as their quarterback next year when they first originally came in. When you decline the fifth-year option, which would have been around, I think, $23 million, $24 million, somewhere around there, maybe I could be wrong with that mid-20s either way, you decline that option, you run the risk of Daniel Jones having a great year and then walking in free agency. I, I, I think we should also mention how well they played in the fourth quarter. I mean, Saquon Barkley seemed to get stronger as the game went on, and Daniel Jones seemed to deliver in the clutch game after game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing they did well. Daniel Jones actually had five game-winning drives this past season, which is very impressive. That actually ended up being second best in the NFL among quarterbacks this past season. Finished the year with four fourth-quarter comebacks, which is very impressive as well. And if you look at what Daniel Jones did and what he was working with, I mean, he was working with practice squad wide receivers. Isaiah Hodges was a practice squad wide receiver on the Buffalo Bills up to week 10. Richie James is the fifth or sixth wide receiver in the depth shot in San Francisco the last couple of years before coming to the Giants as a free agent, signing a one-year deal last offseason. And then Darius Slayton was the fifth or sixth Giants wide receiver in the depth shot heading into this year with yeah. Kenny Gallaudet ahead of him, Wanda Robson ahead of him, Kadarius Tony ahead of him, Sterling Shepard ahead of him, the injuries even Cohen Johnson ahead of him. Get on the field, he had to have the injuries happen. Darius Slayton Darius was the Slayton. sixth wide receiver on that depth shot heading into this offseason, or last offseason, and heading into training camp. And what did he do? He stayed, prevailed. Obviously, those injuries happened, and he got his moment and ended up coming big, becoming a big part of that Giants wide receiving core in big moments. And obviously, Daniel Jones trusted him. But Daniel Jones finished the year with probably the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. And also, this was his fourth play caller in four years now. He had Pat Shermer as his head coach, Joe Judge as his head coach, and now Brian Dable as head coach with three head coaches. And he also had his rookie year, had Pat Shermer calling plays, then ended up having Jason Garrett for a season and a half, then Freddie Kitchens to finish that other half of the season. And then he also had this past year, Brian Dable as the head coach, and then Brian, uh, Mike, Kafka Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, so right. he's dealt with four different play callers over his career now and just his fourth season now going into his fifth year in the NFL. He was sixth best in quarterback ratings past year, fifth in quarterback rushing yards, had five game-winning drives, which is actually second best in the NFL and finished first in interception percentage in the NFL. And that's with a team that only won four games the season before. In 2021, the Giants only won four games. Obviously, credit to Joe Shane and Brian Dable for coming in, helping out Daniel Jones around them. Obviously, good coaching. And obviously, having a stable front office is huge, and that's a big part of success. But people talk about Daniel Jones and say they that they can't give him as much credit as he deserves because he has good coaching. What about Andy Reid? Patrick Mahomes is Andy Reid. That's a great coach. Yes, it is. Geno Smith had Pete Carroll. That's a great coach. Yes, it is. Tom Brady had Bill Belichick. Another great coach. I mean, coaching is part of the game. You shouldn't 
discredit a quarterback just because they have good coaching around them. That should be a given. You should have good coaching around you. You should want your quarterback to have good coaching around them. Look at what difference. Look at what Doug Peterson did for Trevor Lawrence this past year. Trevor Lawrence was awful his rookie year with Urban Myers as head coach. Then you get stability in a head coach in an offense coordinator that knows what they're doing and has obviously experience being a play caller in Doug Peterson, and it helps. How about what Doug Peterson did with Nick Foles? Exactly. It's in the Super Bowl. Exactly. That's Nick, a big reason. Nick Foles? Yeah, absolutely. And got a Super Bowl out of him when Carson Wentz went down. Daniel Jones in his first three years in the NFL had a 12-25 record, a 63% completion percentage, had 50 touchdowns to 49 turnovers, two fourth-quarter comebacks in three game-winning drives in three seasons. Last year, 10-6-1 record. So he was 12-25 in his first three years. He was 10-6-1 this past year with a 67% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns to eight turnovers with four fourth-quarter comebacks and six game-winning drives overall. Very impressive year for Daniel Jones. That includes a regular season and the postseason, obviously winning a couple or winning one postseason game and losing a postseason game. But very impressive season there for Daniel Jones. Just improving every year, and now that he has a better team around him, better coaching, I, I think the sky's the limit, and this should be another big year for the Giants improving on what they started last year. Definitely. And he finishes the regular season, or finished the regular season, I should say, this past year, as I said, with a 67% completion percentage, 3,200, 3, excuse me, passing yards, 15 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, adding in 708 rushing yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. So he obviously helps you both on the ground and in the air. And coaching is important, and this comes – you know, obviously an advantage to Daniel Jones having a good coaching around him. But when he had Joe Judge as his head coach, he obviously struggled. 25 games during the Joe Judge era. Only threw 21 touchdowns at 17 picks during that time with a 63% completion percentage. Threw for 5,371 yards in those 25 games. Adding in 721 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns. One game winning drive and an 82.6 rating as a passer. But then in 29 games without Joe Judge, so that includes the Pat Shermer era. And then also... The Brian Dable era, 29 games, 39 passing touchdowns, 17 picks, 64% completion percentage with 6,232 passing yards, adding in 987 yards on the ground for 5.98 yards per carry with nine rushing touchdowns, seven game-winning drives, and a 90.1 rating. So obviously Daniel Jones is a lot better with better coaching around him. And credit to Brian Dable and Joe Shane for doing great things, obviously as a front office and then as a head coach as well around Daniel Jones. Yeah, we can't wait for next year. I mean, we're very excited about the team and the season they had. I mean, a playoff win on the road as a, as a decent-sized underdog. Um, they, Beating Minnesota was big. Even though Minnesota was obviously was that crowd. a team that most stars overrated, be, winning a playoff game against a team that won 12 games of regular season is hard to do. 27 points in that yes. game, too? I mean, for an offense that struggled for the, like, just like you said, Joe. 31-24, the Giants won that game. You know, 31 points, I mean, very 31. impressive. 31-24. The Vikings heading into that game, I believe, a 13-4, and then they lost that game. Obviously, finished the season 13-5. The Giants finished the season on 10-7-1. Daniel Jones was very impressive in that game against the Vikings. 24-35, passing for 301 yards and two touchdowns. And Saquon Barkley was great as well. Nine carries for 53 yards and two touchdowns, adding in five catches of 56 yards in the year. So that just shows Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are a lot better when they are together. And hopefully this Giants offense continues to roll and do big things and obviously bringing back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley with Mike Kafka being the head coach or offense coordinator again and Brian Dable being the head coach. you got to expect the Giants to have even a better year next year, hopefully, with building this offseason and maybe even adding a wide receiver in the draft, which I know you're a big Zay Flowers fan from BC. Hopefully they add a wide receiver with some speed. I think they need some size as well. Uh, but Isaiah Hodges at least is a little bigger, and you also have Colin Johnson coming back this year. But I do think the Giants could add some speed uh, in the draft. Obviously, Wanda Robinson would be coming back as a wide receiver. What a weapon he He was great. Out, yeah. He was great in the limited plays he had. 
Darius Slayton's a free agent. Richie James is a free agent. So we'll see what happens with those two guys. But the Giants have a little bit of work to do this offseason. But getting Daniel Jones under contract was the main priority this offseason. The Giants did it. And a lot of people are going to be mad about that. And one thing I just want to close with, people are going to be mad about Daniel Jones' contract and say he's getting overpaid. Right now, there are nine quarterbacks now in the NFL making $40 million per year in average annual value. AAV for short. You'll probably hear that a lot. Daniel Jones now is tied for seventh with Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford rounding out the top nine in average annual value, $40 million apiece to Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Matt Stafford on their respective deals. Aaron Rodgers makes $50 million in average annual value. Russell Wilson, $48.5 million. Kyle Murray, $46.1 million. $46 million for Deshaun Watson. $45 million for Patrick Mahomes. And Josh Allen making $43 million with Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Matt Stafford being tied for seven, making $40 million. So that's nine quarterbacks making over $40 million in average annual value. That doesn't include Lamar Jackson, who will get paid over the next year. Probably very soon. He got franchise take today. He wants a new deal. I don't think he's even going to play under the franchise take. I think he wants a new deal before he steps on the field again. That doesn't include Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow is set for a mega deal. Justin Herbert, who will be paid very well. Jalen Hurts will be paid as well. He wants around $50 million a year. We'll see what he gets. And then it also doesn't include Trevor Lawrence. So that's five quarterbacks right there that will be making over $40 million by this time next year for sure. Trevor Lawrence might be a year and a half from now. We'll see. But I'm sure they'll pay him earlier rather than later since... That's what happens. You you wait for the market to set, and the market's just going to keep resetting and going up as the salary cap goes up. So you probably want to pay a guy a little bit earlier rather than later, and that's what happened with Patrick Mahomes. He was paid in the 2020 offseason, July of 2020, making $45 million a year. He set the market in 2020, but in 2022, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson all got $46-plus million in average annual value. They set the market for this year's free agency class, and that's why you see Daniel Jones making $40 million. That's why Derek Haas making $37.5 million. And that's why you also saw Geno Smith getting $35 million from the Seattle Seahawks. He's making $25 million in base salary, but he got three years, $105 million. So obviously that plays a role. And Daniel Jones saw the market, saw what he was worth, and that's what quarterbacks are worth nowadays. If you want to call Daniel Jones a mid-level quarterback and he's mid and he's not that good, well, at the end of the day, by this time next year, there'll be five more quarterbacks making over $40 million. Hertz, Lawrence, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson. Five more quarterbacks making over $40 million. That means there'll be 14 quarterbacks in the NFL making over $40 million in average annual value. And that doesn't even include someone else who could pop up and make themselves some money in the next year. So there'll be 14 quarterbacks making over $40 million in average annual value by this, by this time next year. And that means Daniel Jones will be tied for 12th. Obviously, that means 12th, 13th, and 14th technically, even though they're all tied to 12th, will be Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and then Matt Stafford all making $40 million. So they'll be 12th to 14th. In average annual value, making $40 million. So Daniel Jones is a mid-level quarterback to most people, which I don't believe he's that at all. I think he's going to have a really good year. just need another wide receiver and then some interior offensive line help. I think Daniel Jones is going to prove to be a steal of a deal, considering $40 million by this time next year will be the 14th or 12th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, with three guys making $40 million, 12th, 13th, 14th, all tied for 12th. That'll be Daniel Jones with Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott tied at $40 million a year. But how do you feel about that? Really quick before we close. He could be a bargain, you know, within a year or two. Like you said, all these uh, quarterbacks coming up for new contracts. I mean, he's going to be paid like the 15th, you know, high, you know, 15th quarterback. In average annual value. Salary, but, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback in my book. So I think the Giants Giants signed a very good uh, team-friendly deal today with him. And he's a top 10 quarterback in my eyes as well. And there's no doubt in my mind Daniel Jones deserves the respect and the credit that he hasn't gotten, but he will get at some point. I think the unwarranted disrespect that Daniel Jones has received has been out of proportion. But hap- I'm happy with what he's 
obviously been doing this past year with the Giants, and I'm happy he's got his payday because he deserves it more than anyone considering all the criticism he got. And Saquon Barkley got both guys were heavily criticized. Their draft picks were heavily criticized over the last two or three years now. Everyone was drilling those guys, whether it was Twitter, whether it was ESPN, Fox Sports, Colin Coward, Ryan Clark, Stephen A. Smith, just name a few, Dominique Foxworth. All those guys were drilling Daniel Jones every single day in the studio, talking about how hard a draft pick he was, and how he's a turnover machine, and how he's an awful quarterback, and he doesn't belong as a starter in the NFL, and he's overrated, and he doesn't deserve to get paid, he's not this, and he's not that. Daniel Jones listened to all that, discredited it, and then locked in, obviously, and made himself some money, and he deserves it. I'm happy for DJ, and then, then this also shows some positive light for Dave Gettleman, a guy that obviously wasn't the best GM, obviously missed on Kenny Gallatin, Nate Solder, two of the worst contracts in Giants history, but he hit on Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley in my eyes. Uh, he drafted extremely well, and that gets overshadowed by some of his free agent signings, like you said, and Galladay then, yeah. and Solder. Um, Galladay sold, and obviously DeAndre Bacon maybe, didn't work out, Canaris yeah, Tony maybe, didn't work out. Maybe Bradbury coming in didn't live up. But Adoree Jackson looks great. Adoree Jackson was great. I think Bradbury's no. issue is the backloading. Bradbury's deal wasn't that bad, except they backloaded, so he would have been making twenty plus million dollars this year. Yeah. And then the Giants had to cut him since they needed cap space. So that's a reality. But at the end of the day, the Giants do bring back Daniel Jones. Congratulations to Daniel Jones on a great contract. He deserves it more than anyone. And you're the biggest Daniel Jones fan I know. So credit to you for being right about him four years ago today. And let's not or forget his work from, ethic, too. He's always, they always say he's the first guy in the building and he watches film. Last guy out, too. That's right. So, uh, first guy in, last guy out. He watches as much yeah, film. And, and credit I'm, to you. I'm sure that won't stop. Definitely. He's locked in. He wants to win. And same thing with Saquon Barkley. So just to reiterate, four years, $160 million for Daniel Jones. He'll be getting $82 million in his first two years. And then you have Saquon Barkley getting a one-year $10.1 million franchise tag. He can negotiate with the Giants up until July 15th on a long-term deal. Credit to you, the sports encyclopedia, the sports wizard, for knowing that Daniel Jones was the right answer and, and was obviously a great quarterback. And most people discredited him because of the inconsistent play they had around him, whether it was health-wise, the ineptitude as a front office, or the bad play calling. Daniel Jones did not have any help around him until this past year. And credit to Daniel Jones, to Brian Dable, Mike Kafka for helping Daniel Jones out. Daniel did. Jones helped himself yeah. out, obviously, by putting in the work. But then you also add in good coaching and then just add in some support around him in the front office. And two guys that believed in him, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, believed in him enough to give him four years, $160 million. Yeah, I mean, they, they went from a four or five win team to a road playoff victory. Underdogs as well, you know. So it was a huge, huge win. Huge step, huge step. They'll keep building. But anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Paul. Always a pleasure. I'll, ha- I'll happily have you on again. Hopefully within the next few weeks. Hopefully the Giants will make a move by next Wednesday. I believe next Wednesday will be the start of free agency, March fifteenth. So right. hopefully we'll have you on again around that time. And I'm live on air. Maybe next Tuesday night they'll be talking about some deals that could potentially go down. Thank you, Paul. As always, I appreciate. Hope you hope you have a good always night. Thank a pleasure, you. Pleasure, Joe. Go Giants. Anyways, that will conclude the episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.